and welcome to the Netcaster, where we discuss things of importance to biblical Christianity in this age of deceit. I'm Jeff Wallace. I will be with you tonight as we discuss fundamentalism. It is our intention to do several programs on differing subjects in series format, not necessarily back-to-back, but this would be one of a series on Islam and things that need to be known about Islam concerning biblical Christianity. We begin with the term fundamentalism simply because that term has been so demonized in our day. What is a fundamentalist? A fundamentalist simply is someone who actually believes and acts upon that which they profess. Someone who actually believes the Bible, intends to walk it out in daily life, believes what the Bible says, believes the commands of Scripture, and believes what we are to do and act according to what the Bible says is a biblical fundamentalist. There's nothing wrong with that. Nominal Christianity, which is the bane of our age, is, is, is destroying uh, the, the very fabric of biblical life in this country. This supposed bastion of, of Christianity and Judeo-Christian values, which is quickly coming down around our ears, if you haven't noticed. But the term fundamentalist is being used and maligned by... Uh, liberals and by the the, the left um, as a as as a code word uh, to to some malicious group of people that are out to, to to destroy everybody else. And the sad thing about this is, is that biblical fundamentalists, people that believe the Bible and believe that the Bible should be obeyed and followed and and walked in are being lumped together with another type of fundamentalist. Islamic fundamentalists are on the same hand someone that believes the teachings of Muhammad, believes the teachings of the Quran, believes that what that book says and what their their prophet has, has taught should be followed and obeyed and adhered to. Now there is something wrong with that. And the differences between biblical fundamentalism and Islamic fundamentalism are vast, vast differences. The Bible teaches to love your neighbor as yourself. The Bible teaches to prefer your neighbor over yourself. Whereas Islamic fundamentalists, the Quran, the Hadiths, the, the, the sayings of the prophet teach just the opposite. They teach to wage war. They teach to uh, take dominion forcibly uh, by the sword. And we're, we're going to discuss that issue today um, in a series that we're basically um, titling Untwisting the Quran." untwisting the Quran Um, because in this day and in this hour there are so many um, what Stalin called useful idiots that have jumped on this bandwagon of Islam being a, a religion of peace now is that the case is Islam really a religion of peace and we're going to look at that a little bit 
uh, in this discussion tonight. Now, <clears throat> as we discuss this, I want to make sh- sure that everyone understands that we acknowledge the fact that there are those who do not believe nor act upon the dictates of the Quran and who still call themselves Muslims. Now, we as Christians do not believe that these people are real Muslims. Neither do the real Muslims believe that they are, uh, by the way. Because simply because these people do not follow the dictates of the Quran, they may give it lip service. They may give Allah and Muhammad some form of veneration. Um, but when it comes right down to it, they do not practice what the Quran nor the sayings, the hadith, teach. And it's important that we understand that. Now the distinction between those who do and who do not, the line is blurred by the teachings of the Quran and by uh, what Muhammad has said. It has come to the point that, that those that don't act upon it and don't do uh, what the Quran says to do and those who do the line is blurred between the two and we'll discuss that here in a minute but I just wanted to make the point that there we, we, we acknowledge the fact we agree we know that there are those who do not practice uh, Islam according to the Quran and according to the Hadith and the sayings of Muhammad we know that, we understand it. In the same way, we know and understand that there are many people who call themselves Christians who, if they were compared uh, to Scripture and what the Scripture defines as Christians, would fall woefully short and would, by God, would not be considered um, to be a Christian and to be partakers of the salvation um, who have made themselves, availed themselves of the precious blood of the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. In the same way, in both of these religions, we know this is the case. There are those who call themselves Christians, but who are not because they don't follow the Bible. And there are those who call themselves Muslims and are not because they don't follow the Quran. We understand that. But those who do follow their respective books, their respective religions, their respective um, gods are called <clears throat> fundamentalists and as I stated before we are uh, seem to be all lumped into the same bucket and yet we are vastly vastly different in our ideologies in our uh, in our thoughts in our in our uh, ways of practicing our religions we're completely different and yet we're molded into the same group by some liberals some leftists now, as we said, the, 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 the line between those who do practice and who do not practice the Quran, those who are fundamentalists and those who are not fundamentalists, are sometimes blurred. And the reason for that is, is that because the teachings of Islam teach Muslims that it is okay to lie, to prevaricate, to, to deceive in order to propagate and to advance the cause of Islam. And of course the amazing dilemma is how do we know who's lying and who's not? How do you tell 
with a system like this that is built upon fabrication who is fundamental and simply obeying the dictates set forth before them and who are the nominal there's really no way to tell Islam is the fastest growing religion in this country the fastest growing religion in the United States um, there are 2.6 million Muslims in the United States now whereas there were only one million twelve years ago now at 2.6 million who's lying and who's telling the truth who does not really care about the dictates of Islam who looks at the Quran as just just a um, book to read uh, a religious text and who looks at it as inspired there's no way to tell with the way the system is set up who's fundamentalist and who's just nominal who's radical and who's not if just one percent of the Muslims in this country were of the radical fundamentalist type which I believe it's much higher than that, but let's just say it's 1%. There are 26,000 radical Muslims, terrorists, running around this country loose. Who's a terrorist and who's not? Who's a radical fundamentalist and who's not? Who is an active jihad and who is not? So how can you really know the difference between the two when Islam teaches this? When, when it teaches its people that it's okay to deceive in order to infiltrate into a culture to advance Islam. You know, Muhammad did this very thing. He would vie for peace when he was militarily weak, but when, then whenever he was strengthened and able to actually overtake the enemy to whom he had allied with um, he rose up against them and, and, and attacked them this is evident in the treaty with, uh, with Mecca he made a treaty with Mecca and then whenever he was strong enough to go in and take it he violated his tre the treaty and he went in and, and took Mecca there's several other instances in the life of Muhammad where this is in the history <clears throat> of Islam and I think very much that's what's been taking place across other uh, vast areas of the globe it's been what take place in France it's taking place in in England and in the uh, in Great Britain there and it's even taking place here in the United States though people are blind to it they've been deceived by the talking heads in the media and in the liberal left into thinking that Islam is this peaceful religion. Now, before 9-11, um, before September 11, 2001, if you would have asked anybody on the street if Islam was a peaceful religion, you would have got the proper answer. No, it's, of course it's not a peaceful religion. 
But the power of the media and the power of persuasion has changed the minds of people that very shortly after that, very shortly after 9-11, when the question was put forth, the answer was, well, yes, that's just a bunch of radical fundamentalists that did this. Islam's a, a, a religion of peace. Now, this is all that was heard over the media. That was all that was heard over the radio and the televisions and, and all the media, all the talking heads out of Hollywood. That's all that was said, how peaceful Islam was. Now, even... People that I know, people I spoke to personally, friends of mine that I know, would never have said that, had, would never have agreed that Islam was a peaceful religion. Just several months after the events there, in, in discussion and in conversation, said Islam is a peaceful religion. The power of persuasion and the power of the media, right there. What many people in Western culture do not understand about Islam, which must be understood, if you're to understand anything about Islam, you must understand, for lack of better words, the doctrine of abrogation in Islam. Allah can change his mind whenever he wants to. Allah is very... Uh, capricious, whereas the God of the Bible, Jesus, is immutable. He's unchangeable. Allah is not like that. Allah is completely different than that. That's one of the things, uh, on a side note, that, that it is so uh, frustrating when people try to mold uh, Jesus and Allah together as the same God. Jehovah and Allah are not the same God. They never were the same God. Don't get me wrong, I don't believe there's two gods, a, a, a good Jehovah Jesus God and one um, Allah. Mean, no, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that Allah is a false God. He's not real. There is one God. But it's very frustrating when people try to mold these two together because even the testimonies of the two are so vastly different. Allah, capricious, change, always changing his mind. You never know what Allah's going to do. Whereas God of the Bible is immutable, he's unchangeable, his ways are established. But Allah is 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 changeable. He's capricious. He's very fickle. He's a fickle God. And we find this in the way that he abrogates things in the Quran, even his um, revelations to Muhammad. It just simply states that Allah can change his mind. And the important thing to understand about this is that when he does that, when he apparently changes his mind, the latter Quranic revelations nullify and replace contradictory former revelations to Muhammad. So that when Allah has said one thing and later on he says something else that contradicts that, well it's that the, the first revelation or command has been abrogated and put away and the second one is now the one that is in force and the one that uh, has validity. Secondly, the Quran is not compiled chronologically. It's it's thrown together kind of ripshod. It's put together actually in, in order of the size of the surahs. 
there is no chronological order to the Quran. And that has to be understood because if you don't understand that, you won't you won't see the uh, the differences in the uh, in the revelations and and the abrogations will seem incoherent. Third, all of the peaceful revelations of the Quran are those that were written early, not necessarily in the beginning of the Quran because it's not chronological, but all of the peaceful revelations are those that were written early on. And those that of, of domination and of war and of jihad are later revelations that abrogate the revelations of peace that were given earlier. And as I stated, these aren't chronological through the, through the Quran. So what we have here is a capricious God who when his prophet was weak militarily gave him revelations of peace he spoke well of the Jews and of the Christians and of and of the other people surrounding him there until he built up until he became strong enough until he had a large enough following that he could subdue his enemies and it's the latter revelations that say things like seize them and slay them wherever you find them and in any case take no friends or helpers from their ranks. That's in Surah 4 verse 89. This is a dangerous religion folks and it is not time to be caught sleeping. We'll be back in a moment with the conclusion of today's show and with a final word of why the all-inclusive title fundamentalist is dangerous to biblical Christianity. Hello, this is Jeff Wallace with Apprehending Truth. As a ministry and service to the Christian community and the world at large, it is our primary purpose to educate and inform on pure biblical Christianity. We are not here to ask for money, nor is it our intention to peddle products. And that will never become the focus of this ministry. Nevertheless, as some have expressed the desire to give or to avail themselves of resources that we recommend, we will occasionally make an offer for your consideration. We are currently offering the eight-volume hardbound series by Philip Schaff, History of the Christian Church. This set retails for $299, but you can pick it up here through Netcaster for $135 with free postage. Click on the link in the right-hand column on the Netcaster homepage or the index page at apprehendingtruth.net. To take advantage of this offer or to donate to Apprehending Truth Ministries and the Netcaster, please navigate to www.apprehendingtruth.net and click the appropriate link. This offer can be found at the special offer link in the Netcaster section of our homepage. Thank you and may the Lord Jesus Christ find you in His service at His return. Apprehending Truth is an independent ministry and is not a 501c3 corporation. Your donations are not tax deductible. As we have discussed, there is a vast difference between a fundamentalist Muslim and a fundamentalist Christian. A fundamentalist, as we remember, is one who actually believes and acts upon 
what he professes. A fundamental Christian believes what the Bible says and he acts upon it. He lives a life which is pleasing to the Lord and walks in the dictates and commands of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of which are good and honest and pure. The Islamic fundamentalist, on the other hand, is nefarious, extremely wicked. Two extreme ends of the spectrum. Yet the attempt is made to lump us together under one heading of fundamentalist. Fundamentalism. We must be aware of the wiles of the enemy. The media and the liberal left will focus on the radical elements of Islam and label that as fundamentalist. And then, with no distinction, label biblical Christianity with the same title. The devil's not after the Muslim. He already has him. The devil is out to mar the image of Christ. He's out to destroy Christianity. Throughout history, he has tried to stamp out the church, and she has suffered great persecutions. If things do not change drastically in this country, the church of Jesus Christ will be violently persecuted here in America and the masses will allow that to happen. Even those who call themselves Christians will allow that to happen because biblical Christians will have been labeled with the debasing title of fundamentalist. There is no doubt that most of what calls itself Christian in this hour is simply a division of secular humanism the real Christian is one who obeys scripture one who walks in the light as he is in the light one who eschews evil and loves righteousness one who loves his enemy and while many may claim these attributes their actions belie their claims it's not difficult to look at Christians and see who's a real Christian and who's just a nominal churchgoer. That line between nominal Muslims and fundamentalist Muslims, which is so blurred, the distinction is clear between nominal and biblical Christians. And that very fact is seen as a threat by the nominal Christian. And that's why this title of fundamentalist, which has been debased and demonized, will be instrumental at ushering in the persecution of the real church in this country. We would, of course, be very glad to hear from you. If you would like to contact us or have any questions or comments, please email us at netcaster at gmx.com. And if you send a short comment as an MP3 file in your email, 
We'll consider airing your comment on a future podcast and answer your question or address your comment. Once again, our email is netcaster at gmx.com.